0: And we're in Ruth chapter 2, verses 17 to 23. Let me read that out for us. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth, the Moabite, said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have all finished my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Amen. Let's pray. God, we come before you um, in need of your help by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would give us the eyes we need, the ears we need to rightly receive from you today in your word. We pray that your spirit would be active, very active in helping us to understand and to, to learn and dive into your word today so that we might be changed and transformed, so that our faith would be deepened, so that we would live lives of obedience that have impact to those around us. So we ask for your help, God, and would you do that now? In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. Well, my wife and I were having dinner uh, recently with a couple, and the wife was sharing a bit about her testimony. And she shared that she grew up in a difficult home, and it had many challenges, many hardships, and she didn't have godly examples in the home. She had no category for that, really, at all. That was not her experience. But around... College, at that age of her life, this woman was invited into another home, another family. And they welcomed her in, and, and almost immediately as she entered into this house, she saw something different. And she said these words. She said, There is peace in this house. There was something she had never experienced before or or witnessed. It was different. So she was benefiting from a godly couple that was extending love extending kindness to her and in God's great kindness God actually used this family to bring this woman to faith praise God and she said this family had had little in a material sense but she used these words she said they had enough love and kindness to sink the titanic (laughs) thought that was great this home was different they loved God they lived by his word And they generously and kindly ministered to this woman. The home was very different from what she had experienced. Well, Pastor Channing mentioned a few weeks ago with the very first sentence of this entire book of Ruth that this story happens in the time of the judges. And he said it was a time of disobedience. It was a time of self-reliance. It was a time of idolatry. And everyone did what was right in their own eyes. There was great wickedness. And there was sin and there was injustice. It was a dark time in Israel. But in chapter two, we enter into the field of Boaz. And as we enter into his life, we will see that there is something vastly different from the dark world and the dark times that are around him. Just like this home that this woman experienced, there's enough love and kindness in the field of Boaz to sink the Titanic. So we find a man who's living differently. And his life is shining brightly during a dark time that's opposed to God, opposed to God's word. In our text this morning, as we see this interaction between Ruth and Naomi, it's really the fruit of the field and the life of Boaz. These poor widows, even Ruth, a a foreigner, both having experienced great pain, great loss, in our text, they're basking In the joy of the generous kindness of Boaz, a worthy man. So, as we dive in today into our text, we need to start reflecting and asking ourselves here at college church what would people say as they entered into our field? What would people say as they enter into our home? What would people say as they enter into our church? In dark times, even now when there's disobedience or idolatry or self-reliance or sin in our culture, is there something different? Do people experience and see the heart of God as they enter into our field? Well, this morning we're going to hone in on something that we've discussed and mentioned this summer, and it's this, that God calls his people to reflect his heart through generous kindness. God calls his people, God calls us, College Church, to reflect his heart with a life of generous kindness. And may God give us eyes to see the heart of God through the generosity, through the kindness, and through the protection of Boaz in his field. So our text is filled with joy. Our text is filled with hope as this interaction between Ruth and Naomi and it's the fruit and the benefit and the blessing of the field of Boaz. So it's helpful for us first, though, to think about the faith of Boaz before we dive into it and look at the fruit of his field. So we're going to think about a living faith, the living faith of Boaz. Boaz is a man of living faith in the Lord God of Israel. Look at Verse 4 of chapter 2, his very first words, the first words that we hear coming out of the mouth of Boaz. He says, the Lord be with you. Our own Dr. Dan Block, he says about Boaz here, he says, the declaration reflects Boaz's religious commitments. He was a Yahweh, someone who believes in Yahweh, whom hearers may expect to bear the divine name with integrity. He was a man who exhibited faith in God. And even his words to Ruth in verse 12, they they demonstrate his faith in the God of Israel. He states to Ruth that she has come under the wings of the Lord to find refuge. Boaz is a man who knows this God, who himself knows this refuge and has come under the wings of God. He's a man of living faith. He believes the Lord. But Boaz is also a man who lives by God's word. He believes in God and he lives by his word. In chapter two, this is evidenced in his obedience to God's word in Leviticus chapter 19. Pastor Zach mentioned that briefly last week. I'm gonna read the passage from Leviticus 19, verses nine to 10. It says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard you shall leave them for the poor and the sojourner in college church here's the key here's the key the last phrase of this command it says i am the lord your god see boaz is living this way he's responding this way because he knows the lord god And he knows all that the Lord God has done, how God has brought Israel out of Egypt and moved them into the promised land, God's great faithfulness to his people. And he believes the Lord, he listens to the Lord, and he's living by God's word. Even in the midst of a time that is disobedient, a a time of idolatry, a time of sin, Boaz, his faith and his obedience, it's leading to a life of generosity. It's leading to a life of kindness. It's leading to a life of protection. And it looks different because this is a man who knows the Lord, who believes the Lord and follows the Lord. And his living faith is worked out in obedience to the living word. I often hear concern about our current cultural climate. Rarely is, we, we, we should not be surprised at the moral decline or the sin or disobedience that we see in our culture. Life without Jesus is dark. But even when the culture and the world around us is doing what is right in their own eyes, we are called and God is calling us to do what is right in the eyes of the living God. And this only happens if our faith rests And we believe in God himself. Again, Pastor Fallon mentioned this last week and said, have we brought ourselves under the wings of God and his refuge? This is the only source of a transformed life, an obedient life that can have impact on those around us. So what do we find in the field of a man who has living faith? We find generosity. We find generosity. Go back to verses 15 through 17 here. It gives us a running start into our passage. After Ruth has already been gleaning and she was invited to the table of Boaz and was fully satisfied, she gets up to go back to gleaning and the text says this about Boaz. Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. In verse 17, so she gleaned in the field until evening. The heart of Boaz, overflowing here with generosity. Even after years of famine, he does not have a tight grip on his field and on his harvest. His hands are open and his hands are overflowing for Ruth. shares in his abundance and picture Ruth I think the emphasis here is giving us a picture of just the abundance and generosity of Boaz but look at the hard work of Ruth she started early in the morning she worked till late in the evening she gleans and she gleans much about an ephah of barley it would, would have been about five gallons worth or 30 pounds worth of barley And two weeks worth of wages in one day. This woman is phenomenal. (laughs) Amazing, hardworking, sacrificing much to provide for Naomi and herself. Well, there is much barley to be gleaned in the field of Boaz. And Boaz generously sets her up. What a shift. What a shift from as they enter into Bethlehem not knowing where their food is going to come from, hungry and longing and looking for that. And here she comes after her first day of work and she walks home with enough barley, probably too much that she could carry, an abundance of food that she has. She walks home with as much as she can carry. And can you picture it? Can you think of Naomi? What would have been going on in Naomi's mind as Ruth left to go to work? She's probably too depressed to to leave the house She's even uh, scared for what might happen to Ruth as she's out in the field and she's worried about her. And then in the evening, she looks out and she sees Ruth. And Ruth is coming home. But not only is she coming home, she's coming home with an abundance of barley. Boaz is marked by generosity. But it's not just Boaz. See, as Ruth has experienced the the generosity in the field of Boaz and the satisfying table of Boaz, she comes home not only with two weeks worth of barley, she even comes home with the leftovers from the meal that day at the table of Boaz. Ruth's heart was set on Naomi and serving her and loving her and being generous to her, even in her poverty. (laughs) You know, we've heard the statement One of the statements of our time from a movie, Wall Street, that says greed is good. We've heard that. For Boaz in a time where so many were greedy, saying greed is good, looking out for themselves. Here we have something different in the field of Boaz. He's abundantly generous. If we walked into the field of of Boaz, we would say there's something different here. There's generosity here, sharing much with those in need, the poor and the sojourner in his field. This was not profitable for Boaz. This was not economically sound. This was a cost to him. And yet, he gives because of the Lord and to demonstrate the heart of God to Ruth so that he might meet her needs and in doing so also meet the needs of Naomi college church I I wonder if people walk into this place would they say this is a generous church they meet one another's needs they share out of their abundance they provide even for the poor and for the outsider I wonder in your life are you gleaning to the edges of your field are you stripping your vineyard bare are you squeezing every last penny like Ebenezer Scrooge Or are you building space into your life so that you might help meet the needs that are around you here at College Church and even beyond? I was reminded by some of our pastors of one of the tangible expressions here, the ways we try to apply things like this and passages like this and generosity as a a church, even for those in our midst, it's through our monthly care and share offering. Our benevolence offering to meet some of the real needs of those who are in our field. It's intended to be an expression of mercy and of care and generosity to many in our midst who have needs. Do we have eyes to see? Does our heart align with the heart of God? You know, Boaz must have had a big field. And Boaz was a wealthy man and it was not wrong for him to have a big field and to have much But his heart reflected the generosity of God and he did not have a tight grip on his stuff, but instead he was generous. Is the heart of God reflected in the way that we use our money and our possessions and our stuff? Well, the Apostle Paul said this to the Corinthian church as he was calling these Christians to come alongside other Christians in need in, in giving financially. He says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Friends, our souls first need to receive and to know the generosity of our great God that's demonstrated in sending his very own son to the cross for us so that we might experience the riches and the blessings and all the benefit that comes through Christ. I wonder if you know the generosity of our God today. Have you received his generosity through Jesus Christ by faith and all the benefits and all the blessings and all the abundance that comes from him? Is that true? And if it is true, God is calling us to reflect that generosity to those in this congregation, in this community, that we might reflect the generous heart of our great God. Well, Ruth's ephah of barley reveals the generosity of Boaz. But this conversation and the the rest of this passage between Ruth and Naomi, it shows the kindness of Boaz to Ruth and to Naomi. You see, Naomi, she's she's wondering what happened. There's there's joy that's starting to to well up in, in Naomi. What a surprise. Where did you glean? Where did all of this come from? She even blesses her unknown benefactor, And here we have the first time where where Naomi, we've been introduced to Boaz, but Naomi hasn't. And so here we have with Ruth's statement, the first time that on the ears of Naomi, she will hear the name Boaz. And the repetitive nature of verse 19 almost slows down the scene for us. Where was Ruth? Who is this benefactor It's almost as if the conversation goes like this. The man's name is dot, dot, dot. Well, who who was he? Who was it? There's a dramatic pause.
1: Boaz.
0: And the joy she now had is now sky high. And she exclaims these beautiful words. May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. What a difference. From chapter 1, verse 20. Her pain filled and bitter heart was beginning to soften as she had experienced the kindness of the Lord through the hand of Boaz. Because the kindness of Boaz was a clear expression of the Lord's ongoing kindness to Ruth and to Naomi. See, Boaz was kind to the living and to the dead. Who are the living and who are the dead? Well, the living seem to be Ruth and Naomi. He's providing for them. He's committing himself to them. He is kind to them. How do we understand kindness? Well, our culture understands kindness as being polite or being nice, but this word is so much deeper. Commentators say that it's an expression of loyalty, an expression of commitment, an expression of grace and of love. David Atkinson says that it's characteristic of a covenant relationship. See, Boaz was kind to the living and to the dead. Ruth now belongs as part of the work crew. She's not rebuked. She's under his loyal kindness. And the dead here seem to be a reference to Elimelech and his two sons who died, as we read in chapter 1. And as Boaz cares for these widows, the family of Elimelech still continues and is not wiped out. So Boaz is not about protecting himself, but providing for the community, providing for the larger family. And here we have Naomi. She also joyfully reveals more about Boaz. There's more news. He's one of their redeemers. And this is the first mention of this theme, even the title of our own series that will be teased out in much more detail in chapter three and chapter four. But as a master storyteller here in the book of Ruth, it's almost wetting our appetite. It's kind of causing our curiosity to be stirred here to wonder, what does this mean? Boaz is one of the redeemers. Is he going to be the one who's actually going to be acting here long term for Ruth and for Naomi? Well, what do we know about a redeemer in the Old Testament? Well, again, Dr. Bloch says this. He says, this is a kinship term denoting near relatives who are responsible for the economic well-being of other clan members, maintaining the integrity of the family and its hereditary property, especially when relatives were in distress and could not get themselves out of crisis. We don't know what all this means. And it's wetting our appetite for what this Redeemer will do in the life of Ruth and Naomi. But joy in this moment is filling their hearts and hope is flowing out of them as they've experienced the generous kindness of Boaz. Again, in a time of self-reliance, Boaz is showing his loyal love to the community of faith. And we, too, we, we live in a culture and we live in a time that stresses almost above all things the care of self and individuality. Well, God's people are to be marked by a care for the community above a care for the self, a commitment to the family of God. Yes, we have a personal faith through Jesus Christ with the living God, but that faith is lived out in community, a loyal commitment of love and kindness to one another. I wonder what role or position you find yourself in. Maybe it's a role of influence Or maybe in the world's eyes, it's a position of power. Well, to be a light in a dark world, shining brightly, shining differently, any position we have must not be used to serve ourselves, but to benefit the community of faith and even to welcome the outsider, showing great kindness to them. For God has shown great kindness and great commitment and great love toward us. Titus 3 tells us, we ourselves were once foolish, once disobedient, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. See, God has shown us grace and has shown us mercy and has shown us loyalty and covenant commitment to his people. Where are you called to reflect that kindness here in our midst at College Church. Where does that kindness need to shine brightly in the community of Wheaton, Illinois? Well, may God strengthen us to reflect his kind heart to one another and to the community around us. So a living faith that is evidenced in generosity, that's evidenced in in kindness, but lastly, protection. Protection. Protection in verses 21 through 23. Again, Ruth and Naomi, this exchange, this conversation seems to be from one statement to the next getting greater and greater and more joy is filling their hearts. His name is Boaz. May he be blessed. One more thing, Ruth says. He told me I could stay close to the young man and I could stay in his field even to the end of the harvest. Their joy is sky high. It keeps increasing here and Naomi hears this, that they're gonna be provided for, not just for this day, not just for two weeks of what she had received, but even for the length of the barley and wheat harvest. And she says, this is good. This is a good thing. But Naomi knows the times. Naomi is concerned with Ruth's safety and she wants her to stick close to the young women of Boaz's field. She matches even Boaz's statement in verses 8 and 9 of chapter 2. Boaz says this. He says to, to Ruth, keep close to my young women. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? Tells her, do not glean in another field. Stay here. It's true. Ruth has found refuge under the wings of the living God. She's committed herself to Naomi and she's worked hard in the field and she's been satisfied at the table and she has shared generously with Naomi and yet there's one other thing here in chapter 2 about Ruth. Ruth is vulnerable. Ruth needs protection. In the time of the judges, it was filled with many wicked men who would do what was right in their own eyes. They would mistreat and mock and embarrass or abuse the vulnerable particularly young women like Ruth but in the field of Boaz under the command of Boaz things were different have I not charged the young men not to touch you see Boaz noticed Ruth and welcomed Ruth and provided for Ruth and protected Ruth And Naomi, in all her wisdom here, calls for Ruth to heed this same caution, for it is good to be in the field of Boaz near his young women. And so Ruth continues, and she works, and she kept close to the young women and found great protection in the field of Boaz. Boaz. It's a sad reality that Boaz had to command his young men not to mistreat her, not to make fun of her, not to verbally abuse her, not to physically abuse her. But here's the reality. Boaz did speak up. And Boaz was an expression of the great protection of God as she came into his field. And he was demonstrating that protection for Ruth. Friends, how needed is this point today? The vulnerable need to be protected in the field of God's people, in our homes, in our church. And the church must be leading the way and shining brightly in a dark world. See, God's word is charging us that the vulnerable, that that the women children sojourners the outsiders the orphan those with disabilities that they would not experience mistreatment from our hands but protection from our hands and if you're here this morning and you're experiencing injustice or abuse and you are vulnerable we want to invite you to come under the protection of this church We want to provide the right person to talk and to walk alongside you or to even provide an elder or a pastor to intervene on your behalf and provide protection for you. And if you're living in sin in this area, God is calling and charging you to repent, to turn and confess your sin and bring it to the light so that the vulnerable may find protection. May God give us ears to hear and eyes to see the ways in which we as a church, as God's people, need to enter in and provide protection as an expression of the protection of the living God. What does it look like for College Church to be a place like this? Well, God is calling us to have a heart for the vulnerable, to love women and to protect women, to love children and to protect children to love those who are vulnerable. Even James 1, think of that, where James calls Christians to visit orphans and to visit widows in their affliction. I wonder if some of you here this morning are being called to welcome in an orphan into your home to come under the protection of your hand so that one day they might know the generous kindness and protection Of the living God. I wonder what that would look like. I think one way our church shines brightly in this way was evidenced in the Fourth of July parade. Our stars ministry gave a strong testimony to the Wheaton community. See, our stars disabilities ministry is a place of refuge and protection and belonging. And people like our director, Julie Clemens, and and her team, they welcome, they care for, they protect, and they minister to those with various disabilities. It's a place of protection there. Stars is leading the way for our church. Will we hop on? Will we hop on and and follow their lead? See, as we entered into the field of Boaz this morning, We saw something different. Something different from the darkness that was around him, the idolatry, the disobedience, the self-reliance of the time of the judges. And we saw a man who has a living faith He believes in the Lord God. He knows all that the Lord has done and all his kindness to his people, and he believes it. He's received the generosity of God, and he's a man who's living by God's word in obedience, even at great cost to himself. He's expressing generosity. He's expressing kindness. He's expressing protection to Ruth and to Naomi. The heart of God was reflected through his life of generous kindness well college church as we know the lord as we follow him and as we live by his word may our lives overflow in these ways and as the evidences of the kindness and the generosity and the protection of the lord are seen may we ourselves within this church and also those outside our church May they ultimately be pointed to the fullest expression of God's generosity as seen in Jesus Christ as he sent his own son for us to die and to rise again. And may we point to all the spiritual blessings and all the benefits and all the riches that are found in Jesus Christ. And may we point to the covenant faithfulness and the loyal kindness of Jesus Christ to his people. And may we point to the great protection of God as he keeps his people from start to finish and as he will bring us into his eternal glory. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. I pray that you would strengthen us by your spirit to live lives that are reflective of your heart. That people would walk into our field, walk into our church, our homes, our lives. They would say something is different. Ultimately, that they would see your activity and your work and they would ultimately be pointed to your kindness and your generosity and your protection that you've provided for us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.